Here's a little preview of what's coming up on the Biz Women Rock podcast. What some people don't understand is you can be trying to make the sale without making the sale today. Like, there's no reason you have to take people from zero to 60 in a day. Like, there are people that I talked to six months ago, they'll all of a sudden come back and be like, you know what, I'm finally ready for a website. How much How much does it cost to work with you? How can I work with you? And I'm like, okay, great. I'm like, but I think what's really frustrating is that sometimes people feel like if I don't want to buy from you today, all of a sudden I don't matter to you. going on ladies and all of you gentlemen who are here listening to the Biz Women Rock podcast. My name is Katie Kremitzos. I am your happy host and you're here because there are amazing stories, great business journeys told by the women who have lived them telling the ins, the outs, the good, the bad, the pretty, the ugly about their business journeys so that you can take from that and apply it to your own business journey. If you want to keep up to date with all of these stories, as well as really get ingrained in the Biz Women Rock community, make sure you go opt in at bizwomenrock.com. Super cool announcement before we get into the interview today is that PodFest 2016 is coming up in February in Tampa, Florida. That's right, in my own backyard. PodFest is the place to get access to top-notch education, whether you have been a podcaster for a decade, whether you're in your first year or two of podcasting, or whether you're sort of thinking about podcasting. No matter where you are on that spectrum, PodFest is where you're going to meet other amazing podcasters, connect, build relationships, and get access to very actionable education that can really spawn you on your own podcasting journey. We have amazing speakers flying in from all over the U.S., incredible attendees coming in from all over to celebrate PodFest in Tampa 2016. So go to podfest.us to go check out all of the details. It's a three-day event. I would love, love, love to see you here. Podfest.us. Now let's get on with the show. Patricia Talavera is my guest today and Here's the reason why I'm so excited to bring this conversation to you, because she really gets into something that's very close to my heart, which is how to act in Facebook groups and uh, how to strategically interact in Facebook groups that actually builds your client base. Um, You know that we have the Biz Women Rock community. Uh, Lots of us are housed on the BWR Connect, our private Facebook group. And one of the challenges that I think every Facebook group has is you know, people really needing a space to be able to share about their business and promote their business, but doing it in a way that um, is in line with the culture of the group, let's just say that. So, um, and isn't spammy. And um, and when I asked Patricia how she markets like the best ways that she has built her pipeline of clients, she immediately said relationship marketing and talked about Facebook groups and who she is and how she acts in Facebook groups, which was really amazing. And I asked her to go into very great detail about that. So really good information. And it it has produced a very robust client list for her. So lots of good stuff to be able to do there. A little bit about Patricia. She and her twin sister have a company called Save Your Time Biz Solutions. They build customized WordPress websites 
for women entrepreneurs, very specific in their target market, very specific on their offering, and she actually goes into why that is. We talk in great detail not only about the Facebook groups, but we talk a lot about knowing your target market and why niching down, niching down, niching down actually opens up the world to you. She's got a couple of really great uh, examples and stories about that. So uh, you're going to love her. She's amazing, brilliant woman. Uh, this is one where there's like a lot of quotables. You know, like I'm always taking out quotes from these conversations and she had a lot of really great quotes that, you know, I'm going to put on the show notes page. So, all right, let's get into it with Patricia. Patricia, what's going on, girl? Thanks so much for being on the show with me today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm so excited to be able to tell your story. Um, You've built such a cool business, um, and I think it's one that's very relatable to a lot of the women listening uh, when they take a skill set and really translate that into um, kind of a consultancy-based business model. Um, You have Save Your Time Biz Solutions. Um, And what's so fascinating about that, I think, is that you started this company back in 2010, and it was something completely different. Can you do a little explanation as to kind of why you started the business originally and what it was? Uh, Sure. So when I originally started this business, it was because I had graduated from college and I took the first job that was offered to me. I'm going to be honest about that because I didn't really... (laughs) I didn't really feel like looking, so I took I, I got a job offer before I even graduated. What was the um, job? As a a retail manager. Okay. Um, and so I mean, at first it was great, you know, I I really liked the work, but then it got to be super stressful, and I ended up, you know, telling my boss, trying to talk to my boss about it, and he essentially told me that I have to choose between being successful and having any kind of a life outside of work, and I was like, well. I don't think that's true. I don't think that has to be the case. And so I ended up leaving the company um, to pursue my own opportunities because I was just like, you know, I'm only 22. I'm too young to be burnt out. I, I, I <laughs> This isn't the path I want for myself. Um, so, you know, and plus I was like, you know, I've, I've known my husband since I was 10 years old. So it's a lot easier to find another job than to find another soulmate you've known your whole life. So I was like, no, that's okay. I'm just going to go on my own and create my own opportunity. You met your um, husband at 10 years old? Yes. That is so and we've cool. Been dating, <laughs> we've been dating since I was 17. So we've been together for 13 years now. Oh my God. That is too, <laughs> I want to throw up. That's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> my, my mom my mom and my dad are high school sweethearts like they knew each other at, I think they started dating at like 16 or something like that and so I remember having totally unconscious like they didn't put this on me but you know I remember thinking when I was a uh, junior in high school I was like okay I have one more year to be able to find my <laughs> husband and that, that that did not work for me I was a late in life bloomer so <laughs> so kudos to you that's pretty awesome um <laughs> So when so that's very very astute for a young twenty year old who you know is very career driven but also understands your priorities. So so what did you do from there? You said you know you went to explore your opportunities. What does that mean? Where did you go? Well, I mean, at the time, my twin sister was an army wife and she was having trouble holding down a job that understood the fact that her husband's schedule was so random. Like, some days they wouldn't let him go until 10 o'clock at night. And she's like, well, I have kids. I can't, you know, I need something more flexible than the opportunities that were afforded to me. So I went to her, and I'm like, you know what? I bet we could do this. I bet we could start a business and figure all this stuff out, and we can build it around our families instead of the other way around. 
so that's when we we started thinking about what we wanted to do, and we were like, oh, we should do something with like social media and blogging because at the time that was just starting to get like really big. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, let's do that. Um, you know, and in the in the meantime, I was working as a nanny because okay. that's where my background was in. I I had done like childcare through high school and college. So I was like, okay, well, let's do something I know I can do and I like, and I'll make money in the meantime, so I'll take the pressure off of trying to build everything up. And then about a year and a half after that, the family decided to put the little girl in daycare. And at that point, I'm like, okay, it's sink or swim time. I'm just going to not even look for another job. We're just going to do this, and we're going to do what we have to do. Um, and so it was, it was at that point that we really started throwing everything that we had into the company. And then a couple of years later, we went to um, a business retreat and we were trying to talk about like, you know, what our company was about and what we had to offer. And it just seemed like no matter what we did, we couldn't figure out how to make what we were already doing work. And it got to the point where I'm like, crap, I think we just have to start over. Like, really? I think that's, that's where we're at, that we just basically need to scrap everything we've done and just start over because what we're doing isn't working and it's just why keep digging yourself in deeper. So what were I you, called my husband. Well, what were you doing in the very beginning? Like what what were the services? What was the actual business in the very beginning that you later kind of realized wasn't working? The services were doing like blog posting and social media posting and, and stuff like that um, and WordPress. But back then we weren't doing full websites. Back then we were doing more like the little tweaks and ongoing maintenance or whatever. Okay. Um, but it wasn't really something that we enjoyed doing. It was just kind of like, well, I know people need this stuff right now and I am capable of doing it. So why not just do it? But as the time went on, I'm just like, I really don't like doing this. Mm. So we need to figure something else out. So while we were at the retreat, which was actually in Canada, I called my husband and I was like, you know, I think we're going to have to start over. He was like, what do you mean? I was like, I mean, I think I just want to do websites. I'm like, but not like the maintenance. I want to help people kind of bring their brand and their vision to life because my own website had undergone, you know, several redones over the years. And I'm like, I actually really like that process. And I want to help people through that process. The ones that are like, I want a beautiful website, but I don't even know where to start and and all that other stuff. I'm like, so I think that's what we're going to do now. And my husband's like, so you're just starting over. I was like, yeah, I guess we're just, I guess we're just starting over. I mean, what do you think about that? And he was like, I mean, he's like, I've, I believe in you and, you know, whatever you have to do, I'm here to, I'm here to do whatever I can to help you get there. So, I mean, yeah, if that's what it's going to take, that's what it's going to take. So we came, we had some ideas for how we wanted to offer our services. We came home and in the span of a couple of weeks, my husband, like, redesigned our logo, we redid our website and we got a better idea of, like, who we wanted to work with and all that whole thing happened over, like, two or three weeks, I think, and then we ended up relaunching as save your time dissolution. Wow. Okay. So as you were going through kind of this, I, I would call it a rebrand, but it's really a brand new business model, brand new business. Pretty much. Yeah. So as you were kind of, you know, getting sort of the foundational elements set up, the logo, the colors, you know, the name, the website, what were you doing to figure out how to market, how to get clients in? Well, I mean, I think that our best form of marketing has always been relationship marketing. Like, you know, I go into a Facebook group and I help people. I just help like as much as I can. And when someone has a question, I try to point them in the right direction. 
Um, and then by the time they need the services, they come to me or I get people referred to me because they're like, hey, I know you've been really helpful in the group and I was on UPD to help. And I was like, and I knew that was going to be our best bet for getting clients because especially when you're talking about handing over your website of all things to somebody and yeah. the kind of investment that that needs, like we needed people to trust us. I mean, you always need people to trust you, but us even more so. I'm like, if this is for some people, this is like the very first impression people have of them. So they need to be able to believe that they can trust us to make their vision happen. You know what I mean? So right. I was like, I think we should keep focusing on that because we've always been very good at like building relationships and connecting with people. So I was like, so let's just keep doing more of that. And that's pretty much how most, we've gotten most of our clients is either through referrals or through connections that I've made in my Facebook groups or forums that I'm a part of. How many groups and or forums are you a part of? Like, what does it take to to continue that type of relationship marketing engine? Well, actually, I'm not, I'm, I'm probably really active in only five groups. But okay. there's one group that I'm in that was attached that used to be attached to like a ning forum but now they've kind of migrated over to facebook okay. and that one group that i'm in which has i think like two thousand people has accounted for like a good chunk of our clients wow either and- through through referrals of that group itself and you say only five and that's a lot to keep i manage <laughs> i mean i'm like the leader of one group um kind of a co-leader of another and then I'm probably part of about four, oh gosh, probably about six other groups. And I, there's no, I'm not, I can't be active in all of them. It's way overwhelming for me. Mm. So just five, I think you're doing quite well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm super, super involved in this, in that one group. And, you know, like I said, I've, I've met a lot of um, business buddies and, you know, made a lot of connections to that one group. And there are a couple of other groups that I kind of jump around in, but that one's the one that I put the most time into because one, it's very active, and two, because I've actually gotten like a lot, a lot, a lot out of it. So I'm like, well, there's no reason to stop with working. So a lot of whenever I'm on Facebook, that's the group where I usually head to first. And if right. I have something to share, that's where I go to first. So okay, I want I want you to break this down for me, Patricia, because um, it's one thing to be able to sort of say from this high level oh, yeah, I'm just really helpful to people. And then that's how we build relationships. And then they think of me. I really want to know what that really looks like. Because from someone who runs a group and is a participant in a lot of groups, there's I see the wrong way and the right way to do that. So can you speak very specifically Mm -hmm. about how you're engaging in those groups and how you're, quote, unquote, being helpful? Like, what does that look like? Because I would imagine that you're because you're getting so much business you're sort of not doing it in a spammy way but can you explain like specifically (laughs) how you're doing it yeah I mean for one thing I I post a lot of helpful content um like when I find resources or stuff or when I know somebody in the group has been talking about something then I pull if I find something that's related to that like somebody was saying something about Evernote Mm -hmm. and how confused they were by it and then I was doing my own research on it and I found this really helpful article and so I put that back in the group and I'm like I know somebody in the group was asking about this so I just thought I'd share it here in case anybody else you know wanted to know more about it um and if anybody comes in and they ask questions about either marketing or Facebook or just running a business in general then I always try to throw my two cents in but even when it's website related I don't that's I don't really point to my services um, e- even after I've offered help. And some people may say that's the wrong way to go, but I'm like, but if they didn't ask to be pitched to, I'm not going to pitch to them. That's 
how I work. And it has, it's been working fine so far because people still come back to me and they're like, oh, you were so helpful before. So, you know, I really want to work with you now. So yeah. it's, it, I understand what you mean about being spammy because I've seen that in a lot of groups. Like somebody will say, oh, I'm trying to figure out how to do this uh, WordPress theme. Can you guys help me? And somebody will say, oh, I do websites. I'm like, but that's not what she asked. Right. If somebody says that to me, I'll be like, oh, you know, I found this article. It might be helpful. It might not, but you might want to check it out and it might have what you need for you. So, and like I said, if that's it, then, then that's it. And I might send them a follow-up message saying, hey, you know, just letting you know if you have any other questions, I'm always here. But even then, I don't include my link. And I think that's what, you know, makes me different from some other people. Because like I said, some people at the end of the day, they're just always trying to make the sale. But I'm honestly not about that. I'm like, if I can help you, great. If you want to hire me, I'm here. If you want to do it by yourself, well, okay, good for you. Right, <laughs> Some right. people like to do it themselves. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. But I think in this day and age where there's so much, I keep calling it spam, but that, I mean, that's really what it is when people are sort of shoving their business yeah. in your face without you asking. Mm-hmm. And there's so much yeah. of that on social media. And some of it's okay. Like some mm-hmm. of it, it's like, okay, you know, you kind of swallow it and it's, it is what it is. No big deal. But then there are times when you're like, come on guys, really? Like everyone's throwing out their websites at yeah. this person and they're asking for help in this way. So, you know, I think in a space mm-hmm. where unfortunately that's not always the norm, what you are doing, that's a real, like it's a really mm-hmm. awesome thing to feel genuinely, oh, this woman took the time to find this article and she's, she cares, you know, about what my question mm-hmm. was or what I'm doing. And that, that makes a big impression, a really, really big impression. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and I think that's what's really paid off, honestly. It's just the fact that even if I was like, because what some people don't understand is you can be trying to make the sale without making the sale today. Like, there's no reason you have to take people from zero to 60 in a day. Like, there are people that I talked to six months ago, they'll all of a sudden come back and be like, you know what? I'm finally ready for a website. How much, how much does it cost to work with you? How can I work with you? And I'm like, okay. Great. I'm like, but I think what's really frustrating is that sometimes people feel like if I don't want to buy from you today, all of a sudden I don't matter to you, Mm. which I've personally experienced. And I think is really frustrating. I'm like, but what if I want to work with you a couple months from now or six months from now or even a year from now? You're telling me that because I can't buy from you today that I'm not worthy of your time at all. That's really frustrating. So I try not to be that person. (laughs) Very good point. I love that point. Um, one thing that I find really interesting is that you are very specific about who you serve and how you serve them. You're not just a website builder. Like you don't, you don't just build websites for people. You build WordPress websites for women entrepreneurs. Like that is very specific. Um, (laughs) why did you focus in on those niches and what has been the impact of that focus? Well, I mean, I, we focus on WordPress websites because we used to, build websites in raw html and i mean me and my sister have grown up with technology for like ever my dad was a computer geek and wanted us to be computer geeks and there was no acceptable answer where it was a no so (laughs) we just always knew all that stuff right so um but when wordpress came along and i started using it i'm like hey this is something that most people can actually really use without needing a ton of time like researching it and i'm not saying that WordPress doesn't have a learning curve. It does. But I feel like even for my clients, as, as long as I can get them set up with like a, a beautiful website, they can do the maintenance themselves. I have a couple of clients who will tell you that they're like the least techie savvy people ever, but they can figure out at least the basic updates 
of WordPress. So right. I was like, so if we want to focus on the branding part and less so on the maintenance part, we need to work in a platform that most people can generally figure out or we can help them figure out and then they'll be good to go on their own. So that's why we decided to work with WordPress. Um, and then as far as women entrepreneurs, I think the issue was before, you know, we were like, oh, we'll work with anybody. And, you know, everybody's a good client. And I think people are really scared of narrowing their focus because they're like, but there isn't enough clients. So the more I narrow my stuff down, the less likely I am to be able to find clients. But actually, the exact opposite is true. When you get really clear about the people that you want to help, it, it's a lot easier to talk to them so that they'll actually hear you. Because if you're talking to everybody, nobody's listening. Because they're like, well, you don't get me because you are talking to everybody. But if you hone in on who you really want to work with and what you want to do for them, then all of a sudden those people are going to come around. They're like, oh, this person really gets me. She's talking right. about how she was ashamed of her own website until she found the right person to help her with her words and, and all that other stuff. Like, this person really gets me and knows where I'm coming from, and they're a lot more likely to come to you and want to work with you than if you they feel like you're basically talking to anybody and everybody because then you don't really know what you're offering or how you want to work with people and all that other stuff. So really focusing in on who we wanted to work with has made such a huge difference. I love that. And so, so true. It's so funny because it works the exact opposite than what you think it will. Like you think it's going to yeah. narrow, <laughs> narrow down and pretty soon only 10 people are going to be your target market. And the exact opposite happens. All of a sudden you narrow down and the whole world opens up. It, it really, really yeah. does because all those very, yeah. very specific types of people who are looking for that very specific type of service Mm-hmm. are going to come to you are coming and they're going to gonna choose you over yeah. general like general type people and yeah. what I try to tell people too I'm like you know all those decisions that you're trying to make about whether this is the right Facebook group for you or whether you should be joining this thing all those decisions become a million times easier when you know who you're talking to and what you're trying to say yeah. trust me like all of a sudden you're like oh well that's not a good fit for me right now so I'm just not going to do that and then it saves you so much time and energy doing things that aren't going to work for your target market because you know who your target market is. Yeah. And then you can put all your time and energy into those things that are more than likely going to pay off. I mean, not everything pays off. And that's fine. <laughs> but at the very least, it's a lot less overwhelming to look at all these millions of tactics that you could possibly be using. Because just by knowing who you want to talk to and whose attention you're trying to get, a lot of those things will kind of knock themselves out anyway. Right, right, right. So uh, one thing I'm curious about, uh, because you have this business model that literally is like, uh, you know, I'm coming to you to build me a website and to sort of, you know, help me brand and build this website out of it. So I'm paying you X amount of dollars, right? How did you mm -hmm. come up with the right financial structure? The one that worked where you felt like it wasn't too expensive, but it was worth your worth your value. And, um, you know, is it is it are people paying you one lump sum? Are they paying you over time? Are they paying you on a monthly retainer? How did you come up and what is your financial structure? Actually, the funny thing about that is, so we had um, our prices set uh, last year. And then when I started working with my business coaches, they said, you realize you're you're underpriced, like you need to raise your prices in order to really get the kind of client that you want to get to attract those people, you need to raise your prices. And so I was like, well, I don't feel right 
putting up my prices for the sake of putting up my prices, even though a part of me knew I'd been undercharging. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I have an idea. Based on the situations that we've had with previous clients, I know that they said that they need a little bit more support after the launch happens. So they're not just like, oh my God, I can't get into my website. I don't know what's happening. What do right. I do now? Right, right. So everybody has those days, right? So we're like, okay, so we're going to create a package where they get support hours included and they get access to our membership site. So they have tutorials that they want to do it themselves and, you know, all this other stuff. And I was like, and we're going to bump up our price and we're going to call that a bonus, right? And so we started to worry that we couldn't sell websites at that new price. But ever since we raised our prices, we've gotten more clients and several of them have paid in full. So it's not the price that's the issue. And several of them have said that the deciding factor was the support we offer after afterwards. Right. So they don't feel like as soon as we hit publish, you're like, okay, bye. You have a nice day now. Right. You're on your own. So um, I think a lot of it has to do with just offering the right things that people are looking for. Because like I said, that package that we created was based on the conversations that we had had with our previous clients and the kind of support that they were looking for. And obviously, we went in the right direction because price hasn't been an issue with the people that we've been talking to. And they have all said, oh, my God, I think it's so great that I'm still going to have you even after my website's done, just in case I have any questions or, you know, something gets totally broken and I can't fix it, then you're going to be here for me. So I think that that's been, that was a really good move for us to make, even though it was really scary. And I'm not going to lie, the first few times I said the price after we raised the price, I was like, stop talking. Don't justify it. Just, <laughs> just let it <laughs> just, just let them, you know, just let it sit because it's always hard when you're like, mm, okay, that's the price. Right. Yes, that is the price. And then stop talking and just give it a minute. But yeah, the first few people I talked to after raising our prices were just like, Oh, okay, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Where do I find? So. Yeah, yeah, that staying silent after you say your price is a very, <laughs> I think that's hard for everyone. It's just, um, yeah. oh my God, it's crazy. So um, you work with your sister, your twin sister, right? Yes. Okay, talk a little bit about those dynamics. Like how, who does what and how do you guys structure your roles in the company and so that you're complementing each other and not at each other's throats all the time? well I do um, my sister is really introverted so a lot of the like the relationship building and the things like this with like doing the um, kind of trying to raise our visibility I try to do them because I'm more comfortable with doing them than she is and I don't have a problem with that Mm -hmm. and she does a lot more of like the behind the scenes um, like the actual tech work most of it falls on her while I worry more about like the bigger picture of like where we're going to go next or where we're trying to get found and, and all the, that other stuff. But any decisions that we make as far as like, okay, we're going to, we're getting ready to enter a partnership to launch a new service. Mm-hmm. And that was something that we decided together, even though I'm kind of the person that oversees all that. Most decisions like that we make together. Any big investments like that retreat that we went to, mm-hmm. we make together. Got it. Very cool. Uh, have you had a very rough moment of sort of being having multiple roles, like being business partners and sisters at the same time that you've had to work through? Yeah, and and it's hard because especially because we're twins. And if you ask our husbands, we've always been too close for comfort. <laughs> but I guess that depends on the day. Um, I I think it's hard to kind of separate. You know, you say in theory that this is business and this is family 
and you want to keep it separate, but especially because the third person in our company happens to be my husband, that's not always that simple. You know what I mean? Um, but so sometimes you just kind of have to step back and be like, if this person wasn't related to me, would I really still be saying this? Mm. No, I should probably keep it to myself. Yeah. So it, it's just time, times like that. And I mean, now we do have coaches who can kind of act as like a tiebreaker when we really need it. Um, but I think a lot of it just has to do with trying to keep your tempers in check because again when you're with family it those things kind of escalate a little faster than if you were talking to somebody who you're not related to because you have that additional dynamic that you can't just take out like right you try to keep it professional but i mean it's gonna seep in because it is it is what it is and we're sisters and we're twins so that's always gonna seep in but i think a big part of it is just you know having those boundaries of okay well yes we had that we had something happen in the business, but that's not going to affect how we relate to each other when we're not working because we're still a family before we're business owners. So right. our first and foremost, our concern is going to be our relationship because we're not going to let this company be the thing that takes that away from us. Right, right. My husband and I work together uh, in the company that we own. And there have been times in the past, and thank goodness we're sort of past all of this, but there have been mm -hmm. rough moments in the past where I've had to look at him and say, I need you to speak to me like I'm I'm your business partner right now and not your wife. Yep. Like I need you. Mm -hmm. I, let's just shift verbally. Let's shift roles. You and yep. I are business partners. You are CEO. I'm COO. Talk to me in those terms, please. And it, and it is. Yep. It's like a, it's a, it, it is a mental shift in that moment that you have to make because he, mm -hmm. you know, vi and vice versa. Like I would have to say things to him in a certain manner that I would not say to my husband, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yep. um, yeah, it's very, very fascinating. Um, <laughs> so uh, what do you think has been one of the biggest challenges that you've had to face throughout all this? And, and I'm talking about since you've really restarted the company. What's one of the biggest challenges that you have faced and how have you gotten through it? Um, I mean, honestly, I think the biggest thing that we've had to deal with is just fear, which I'm sure every business owner deals with, but really fear of being visible. Because, you know, I've talked to um, my coaches and my, my business buddies and they're all like, I know you two have everything it takes to take this company to the next level and then some. And they're like, and I feel like the only reason you're not already there is because you guys have spent the last couple of years basically hiding. And, you know, that was a really hard thing to hear. But I'm like, I mean, they're right. It's like there were times when we could have done something big and then we pull ourselves back because we're like, oh, no, no, I can't do that. I can't really do that. Mm. Um, and even now where it's like we're really trying to be more visible and try to make more connections and try to take this thing to the next level. And, and that kind of that whole thing comes back up of, well, can you really do that? Can you really manage, you know, this business and, and being a, a wife and a mother and not go crazy in the meantime? And, and all that kind of old stuff just comes bubbling up to the surface every single time you start to think, okay, now it's time to push a little harder. Now it's time to try something new. It just keeps coming coming back up it's just that fear of what can I really do this and I think that's one of the biggest things that we've had to push through like over and over and over and I'm sure we'll have to keep doing it you know as even as time goes but that's when it's nice to have somebody on your side who can kind of talk you down and be like you're fine everything's fine even if it doesn't work not everything works and that's still fine just got to keep moving right you know what I mean right so so true well um 
what do you think has been one of your biggest successes? Like, what are you most proud of is really the question I want to uh, a- ask. What, what, what have you been most proud of, of over, you know, since you've really started this business over? Um, well, one of our, one of the things that I'm most proud of is probably our client success story. Because when we met her last year, she was getting ready to close her business. And then we helped her rebrand her business. And she just launched into direct sales. Um, because her company has grown so big that now she has people selling for her and that's all because of what we did for her. And now, and we're, I mean, we're still in touch with her and we, you know, we still talk to her on a regular basis. And I'm like, it really makes me very emotional to think that, you know, she was going to close her doors, but we helped her out. And now look at her, she's doing like so much big stuff right now, like. If you had told me last year she would be doing this, I'm like, are you sure about that? But <laughs> now she is. And and she's been promoting herself like crazy and putting herself out there. And I'm, I'm so proud of her for everything that she's done. But I'm I'm really proud of the fact that we were a part of that. Like, to me, that's, that's huge. Mm, I love that. Well, Patricia, I really want to thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story. And for um, especially, I mean, all the really great tips that you gave about being a part of Facebook groups. I think that was very, very pertinent. And being so focused on that relationship marketing is such key information. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Remember to go to bizwomenrock.com and go opt in so you can keep updated on all of these awesome stories from these ladies as well as what is going on in the Biz Women Rock community. And you can see the specific show notes for Patricia at bizwomenrock.com forward slash 233. And if you happen to forget that, just go to bizwomenrock.com and go in the search bar and type in Patricia. Okay, so, so many great takeaways from there. Again, the first that really made an impression on me was how to very specifically act in Facebook groups in order to build up your pipeline. Uh, Just I think that she has the right way of doing it. And I just really respected how she's doing it. And from somebody who runs a Facebook group, I I really respect it. Somebody who's super resourceful, uh, very helpful to the group. That is somebody that every group runner really, really loves and respects. And obviously, she is seeing a return on that. So very strategic way to be able to leverage Facebook groups. And then knowing your target market, I thought that was brilliant. I love the idea of niching down uh, and really getting down to who your market is, what what their pain is, what they need, and then being able to provide it. Uh, and as she said, when you really get down, you th- the fear is that you're going to cut out so many people, but what you end up doing is getting really clear on who the few are and they're all going to come to you. So uh, just thought that was a very, very good point. I hope you really enjoyed this conversation with Patricia and uh, I can't wait to see you on the next episode. See ya.